Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks with Leif Hedlund. We invite you into the conversation and celebration of what God is doing around the world through his sons and daughters. Leif shares insights into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, hello everyone. I am Leif Hetland and welcome to Kingdom Family Talk. And today we are actually up in the northern part of Atlanta where Wycliffe Bible Translator used to be. That's and right. we are at a Renew Outreach at their headquarters. And I have my dear friend David Poloski and him and his wife Stephanie. They live right over here and they have a family here as well as a whole group of amazing world changers and history makers that have the mission virus and we have so many things in common, but I thought it would be best even for you, David, just to share a little bit about you, a little bit about your family, and about the place where we're at and what you guys are doing. Sure. Well, Leif, it's good to have you here. Thank you. At Renew. Uh, this is the old Bible Translators Campus, mm. and their job was to translate the Word of God and uh, make it available in the language of the people around the world. And so this place sat empty for almost nine years. Wow. And then they asked us to come with a bunch of young people to pass the baton to us so that as they translated the word of God, these young people who are really good with technology and communications and like to travel could take the word of God in creative means and distribute it all over the world. So we have been here now for about five years and have settled in. There's about 25 of us here wow. that do that. And uh, tell me a little bit about your family. I met Stephanie. And- you did. Stephanie's a missionary. I'm an engineer. A missionary meets engineer. She's also an artist, so artist and engineer. It's a really fun mix there. Good foundation the for brain a family. And the heart, then, yeah. That's right. We have both of them together. I plan it, and she's always loving people really well. So it's a great mix. And we've got a couple of fantastic kids. We homeschooled them. They somehow turned out really well, even though um, it's, we're, uh, we're just normal people. Um, our kids are just spectacular. My daughter is in YWAM for quite a while now. She's back, and so nice to have her back. And then my son went to Georgia Tech, studied computer science, but he also ran around with YWAM for a season as a worship leader here in Atlanta area. Yeah, I think it's very fascinating uh, for you as a family, uh, and I would love to know how you got this mission virus. And I know that you've been in Dominican Republic and Brazil. There's a lot of different parts of the world, but how did how did this your heart for the world or capture God's heart for the world is probably the best way to say it. How did that happen? Well, I've always wanted to be a missionary, even when I graduated from high school. And I felt like God wanted me to study engineering, mm. which sounded like a long ways away from caring for people, pastoring, or doing some sort of ministry around the world. Um, but I did that and was an engineer, and I'm a businessman and started business, fell in love with this missionary uh, lady, and we got married about 30 years ago now. And we felt together after our kids were just uh, just a few years old that we were called to the Amazon to work to go and find a um, an unreached people group out there. So we've got this amazing story of the two of us, and we pulled our kids up there on times too, um, that as we reached out to try to find this hidden group of people out in the middle of the Amazon. So anyway, we get all the way out in the middle of the Amazon and we find this remote people group after lots of mistakes. I I don't know how to travel the Amazon. (laughs) And we get to them and I realized I had a dilemma. And the dilemma was, how does someone like me, someone like us, communicate with someone so remote um, that doesn't speak my language? I don't understand their culture. And how do I tell them about Jesus? And how do I introduce them to the love of the Father? So I 
I hitched up with the Wycliffe people, again, back to Wycliffe, and they said, David, you need to do a Jesus film. And I said, well, what's doing a Jesus film mean? And they said, well, it's, it's a movie, and it has the words from the book of Luke in it, but it has the heart language, the mother tongue of the people um, as the words in it so that as the people see it and as the movie is unpacked in front of them, they get the gospel. Mm. So this another great adventure, bringing these really remote people down who've never seen a road or a brick or a toilet, bringing them into the city, recording, dubbing their film, and then sometime later meeting in the middle of the jungle. So for the very first time, <laughs> they got to hear the story of Jesus, right? So here we are in the middle of the jungle, and they traveled two days down the river, and we traveled two days up the river. We had all this equipment, like three, 400 pounds of equipment and people to put it together so we could show their very first movie to this group, right? So they're all coming in there. We've got the movie camera all set. I mean, the projector all set up, and the women sit on one side, and the men sit on the other, and the story of Jesus comes up, and they didn't breathe for two hours. Wow. They, even the children didn't move. They just watched this story unfold, and there was this deep, real presence of God. In their own God. language. In their own language. And they'd never seen a movie before. At first, they were stunned. So they walked around the backside of the screen to see if the back of Jesus' head was back there. And, they're fine. And, they, and, they, and the presence of God came there, and they came up to me afterward, and they said, um, Sir, we've been waiting our whole lives to hear this message. Wow. And then the chief of the group came to me and he put his bony finger in my face. He'd been sick many years and was almost even then not a healthy person. He put his finger in my face and he said, you bring us the word of God. And that's when I had my second dilemma. How does how do those people deliver this amazing word of God in a video format up and down the rivers with 400 pounds of equipment? It would sink their they have these little dugout canoes they make out of trees, you know? It would sink their little canoes. So then I realized something. Oh, wait a minute. I'm an engineer. I know stuff. So I invented a solar-powered DVD player and then a solar-powered television and then solar-powered this and that. And pretty soon these cool little projectors came out and I made a solar-powered projector system that they could put on in a little backpack and put on their back and take up the rivers. And before I knew it, uh, other groups were asking for this. The Billy Graham folks wanted it, and then the Jesus film and the crew people wanted it. So I had to quit everything I was doing, pulled in my family and all the youth group, and Renew started from that. Yeah, was it hard for you? I mean, this this would be at least hard for me to some degree where I know you have a much greater impact today. You're adding value to people like me. We have, including what we just did in Pakistan, we partnered together, but what we're doing around the world. But on the other side, there is something when you are there on the front line, you get directly to see. Mm-hmm. That's why I got teared up because it took me to the Orangasli in Malaysia. And even there when the first time I saw somebody I've never had a gospel or mm-hmm. other places when I've been in Indonesia or been in Pakistan. So I've been to many places in the world and I didn't have the backpack. I didn't have those tools mm-hmm. that you have today. And for me, it's just I get teared up just mm-hmm. thinking about it because it was a dream wow, what if we had, instead of trying with these vehicles and some of the things we were trying that was not working very well, and then realizing that God has already provided for it so that everyone can know how good he is Mm -hmm. and how loved they are. And I know we have this incredible privilege. First of all, answer that question. How does that feel? I know you're making an impact around the world Mm -hmm. and from the Father's perspective, it's just amazing. But then on the other side, is it difficult for you to not... Just be there, be on the front line and do it yourself. It is because the folks on the front line, the boots on the ground are are the true heroes. They risk their lives every day to take the gospel. 
Um, in fact, can I tell you a story? Since we're talking about the backpack, mm-hmm. I just heard this. We had a friend visiting us. It was a couple weeks ago. And um, I'm going to grab this backpack. Let's see if it'll fit on the table. Come on. All right, there it is. So this is less than 400 pounds, right? This is when let I first me, Let me it. try even with my right. Norwegian Viking muscles. Viking muscles. I'm a Viking too. <laughs> and so this right here is what we're talking about. This is a little backpack, but inside of it is everything you need to show a movie to several hundred people. It's got batteries in it and speakers and a mixer, a projector system, just Everything you need, some lighting. So it's basically a movie theater in a bag. And in the back of it's a solar panel. So it's a solar-powered projection system. Wow. So I had a guy here a couple of weeks ago, and he said, he said, David, I have to tell you this amazing story. And he was in a, in a part of the world where if you talk about Jesus, sometimes you get in trouble. And he said, I took one of your backpacks there anyway. I said, well, what happened? And, uh, and so actually he was telling me for a friend of his. Uh, he knows this area, but he, his friend is telling this story. And so he said, well, my friend was there and he, they set up the film and they put the projector up and they started showing their, uh, the film of Jesus. What they didn't know is that someone had been sent there as a suicide bomber. So he had all of the bombs all over him, you know, an old trigger and everything ready to go. And so he showed up at the Jesus film showing to, to blow him up, himself up and take everyone else out with him. Mm. And so he went there and he's watching the movie and he's getting intrigued because the words are very powerful from Jesus and the love of God is just flowing off the screen, right? <laughs> and, and, he's, and he's like, well, now's the right time. Everyone's together and he's about to push it. And I kid you not, here's the story, right? Jesus is acting in the movie and the Jesus in the movie turns his head, points at the man, calls him by name and says, don't do it. And of course, the guy freaks out. Right? He's like, well, the movie just talked to me off the screen. That guy on the screen named Jesus just talked to me. And so he composes himself and he said, well, I must just be going crazy. Was that a vision he had or would this? He, in his mind, mind that's what the, he's the screen, he, he doesn't know what it was, <laughs> yeah. but the actor in his, off the screen starts talking to him. Right? So then it happened. Then he went, okay, well, I'm, it's time. I'm just going to blow them up. So he gets ready. He you know, gets himself all set up, ready to do it. He looks up at the screen and it happens again. Wow. And Jesus' turn looks at him, calls him by name, and, and says, don't do that. Mm. And a third time, same thing, but by the third time, the man's undone, right? He's crying. He watches the whole movie. When it's over, he goes forward, finds the showing team, and says, I want to follow this Jesus. Wow. Of course, they unpacked all of his stuff, and, the, and he decided to become a Jesus follower. Wow, wow, wow. It's incredible. It's incredible. And I'm sure that there are so many of these stories that we do not even know about. Yes. I've heard about. I've actually I've met quite a few people over the years, and especially in the last year, because again, I end up just sharing about you and some of the, I think, just the uncommon favor God has given us as a blessing. First, your friendship. And second of all, brought us as couples to be able to hang out together as family to do life together. Yes. So I think that's the first gift. Nice. But then second of all, just realizing so many of the things we have been praying for mm-hmm. and been asking God for. And suddenly I'm realizing that here, even in our city, there's somebody that have created some of those things that we have. For, my wife said over 20 years ago, you sat in a jacuzzi tub and you were dreaming of some of these devices because they didn't exist back then. I was sitting it's and talking, true. but I wish one day... and. And it's happening. It is. So we don't have an excuse any longer to be able to to live love out loud and and let everyone to know how good he is and how loved they are. That's right. Even if our cultures don't match. 
we are in a day that's unprecedented as far as missions goes. Uh, 2,000 years ago, Jesus gave us a, a, a mission. And that mission was go into the whole world, bring this gospel of the kingdom um, to everyone in the whole world, every language group, yeah. you know, every ethnos. Yeah. And then there's a little comma in there that says, and then, then the, the end, end shall come, right? And so he gave us this mission. It seemed like an impossible mission, which Jesus gives impossible missions. He has a right to do that because he'll empower us toward them. But 2,000 years later, while we're on our shift, this generation is alive today. Mm-hmm. Uh, the translation, there's a curve that I have. We have a little museum here. And, and the curve of translation in Jesus' time was close to zero. We like, you know, a handful of languages translated for 1,000 years. There's a couple bumps. And then it goes straight up right now. And we go from just a handful of languages to thousands yeah. of languages that have been translated in the Word of God. And now what's happening is the translation community is teaming up together so that by 2033, we will have everything started and hopefully even have some of the Bible translated, the story translated, so that every person in the whole world has the Word of God in their mother tongue. Now, that's nice, but then comes the question, how does it get to them? Like my problem, remember my dilemma, I get to this group out in the middle of nowhere, I'm like, how does someone like me communicate to someone who doesn't speak my language, understand my culture, or I theirs, right? So enter technology, the generation, our kids that have been born today were, were born with a, a cell phone in their hand and a remote control for the TV. They, they are an indigenous to technology. So another ramp, I'm an engineer and I like you know drawing charts. So another this ramp chart here, it's almost like X squared. It goes up at the same time and it has to do with internet and it has to do with uh, cell phones because there's more cell phones in the world than there are people. people yeah. Exactly. So you lay the fact that this amazing thing that's happening on our ship, which is all the translation of all the scriptures, uh, the story of Jesus, the story of love mm. is being finished for every language in the whole world for the first time in the history of the Great Commission. And there's also a means of dissemination and a generation who's indigenous around the world to technology is all happening at the same time. Wow. And why do you think all of this is happening right now? Why are we, I say we are the second most blessed generation in world's history. The first one was if we took you about 2,000 years yeah, ago. Yeah. And we, we definitely have to say it was the most remarkable time when mm-hmm. Jesus showed up mm-hmm. on the scene. And, uh, and the king of the kingdom was born. But I believe we are the second most important generation that has ever lived. We are mm-hmm. the only generation for 2,000 years that have an opportunity to finish the unfinished task. That's Meaning right. we're the only generation for 2,000 years mm-hmm. that have lived that can fulfill the Great Commission mm-hmm. and to see that this good news or this gospel will be preached mm-hmm. as a witness or testimony to all nations. So my question is, how do we steward that when we are a generation that are born for such a time as this, yes. that has been entrusted with everything that is needed mm-hmm. to be able to, to fill this earth with glory? Wow. I'll, I'll answer that with a little story. Um, Heidi Baker, a friend of yours. Right? I think you're even on her board. Friend of ours, yeah. A friend of ours. <laughs> I love her. I love yeah. her. Yes, I, would, I would call her a friend, but she is so much my heroine. Yeah. I feel so much like an underachiever when I'm around her because she loves so well. She right? does. So we were in Pemba, and she came up to, there was a graduation there, and she came and prayed for Stephanie, my wife. And I, and Stephanie, she said, how are you doing, Stephanie? Steph said, I feel like I'm pregnant with two babies. And I don't know what that means. And you know how Heidi gets. She just got all full of the Holy Spirit. And she says, I know their names. And Steph said, tell me their names. She said, the names are Word 
which we've been talking about, yeah. the word of God, and power. Wow. Word and power. And she just went off on word and power, word and power. They have to come together. And I think that's a key ingredient. It's the dynamite of the generation that we're in right now because the word of God is coming. And there's coming a generation who've experienced a real intimate connection with with Jesus himself and are familiar and comfortable with who he is and the power of God. So those two will come together in this generation to see the word of God go out in word and power. Yeah, and you know, the, our background is somehow the same, but I came from an evangelical background mm-hmm. where we celebrated the word of God and, and it was very significant. I actually had a mission virus with the word of God and wanted the word of God and none of that has changed. Uh, I had a spirit in me, but not mm-hmm. the spirit upon me. And I said, yeah. The spirit within you is for yourself, but the spirit upon you is for the people around you. Mm-hmm. And then I've learned as I've been on this journey that the, that there's kind of been this divorce between the word and the spirit to mm-hmm. some degree. And I believe that God is putting a remarriage. He and is. part of the divorce has been some of the abuses and some, there's some different reason. But I think that what I am seeing now that's taking place because when love is the centerpiece mm-hmm. of what is going on, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. comes upon you. It's like the dove coming upon you yeah. so that you can be a Jesus witness. And all the evangelicals that I know pretty much says, yeah, we do need the power to be a Jesus witness in our Jerusalem, mm-hmm. in our Judea and Samaria and to the right. uttermost part of the world. So I think that when the main thing is the main thing, that the purpose for the power is not just so I can blow up things, but the purpose is for the power is mm-hmm. for us to be a Jesus witness and to be able to represent the Father mm-hmm. like Jesus did in his power so that people can see who he is. That's right. There's parts of the world that especially like in the Amazon. I'm most familiar with the Amazon, although we get to talk about lots of parts of the world here at Renew. In the Amazon, there's tribes there that have never heard about Jesus before, and they've never, they don't even have a word for love in their vocabulary, right? And they've been their whole lives and as many generations back as they can remember or the stories pour forward, they've the devil has run them. It's the shaman priests and their idea of spirituality is to get really drunk and see demons. And so when this story comes in mm. where there is there is love and then there has to be power because they've been living in a sense of dark power. So the light power has to come in. There's a grand awakening. Yeah. You know, in their in their lives as they experience the love of God for the very first time. Yeah, and often, what we do, as you know, is we do it, 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 our evangelism is either we are demonstrating the gospel, mm-hmm. and then we share the story of what we just demonstrated, or we are sharing the gospel and the gospel story, and then we demonstrate it. So when they are seeing that, and I think one of my favorite it was my first major breakthrough because as a Baptist pastor, when I first went into the Middle East, and it was one of those nights where I was afraid, full of fear, and there was a lot of friction going on. And suddenly this group of seven radicals came towards us with long beards and dark eyes. And and I was like, I didn't know about this world. It was like I was Mm -hmm. full of fear. And this is before my baptism of love, but I still probably will have some fear. But then what was happening is they had carried a friend on a stretcher for seven hours, put him on top of a bus, Mm -hmm. took him to the meeting. And the presence of Jesus touched him and went up and down like electricity on this. And then he stood up to his feet slowly. And then he started to walk for the first time that the friends saw it. So Mm -hmm. all these friends were shouting for this Jesus. And it didn't take us much time to say, how how did this happen? Mm -hmm. Oh, it was Mm -hmm. Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he is here and he is alive Mm -hmm. and he loves you. And 
it, it was over. Before yes. I could, with my contextualization, I could have talked about this forever. But then in a moment when Jesus showed up, good that's things right. happened. And then I could explain the story of Jesus, what he did for that's them, and right. et cetera. So, that's right, because they'd already encountered him. Yeah. Remember I told you this story, and uh, Chief Artemio uh, pointed his bony finger at me, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and he said, you know, you bring us the word of God. Well, right after the showing, the rest of that story is Chief got really sick. And, and he started dying right there. Within two days, you could pinch his skin and it stayed pinched, completely dehydrated. He was out. We had a nurse there. She's like, he's gonna, I don't even know if we can get him back to civilization. He's going to die on his way. And we prayed and we prayed and it seemed like nothing happened. We're like, oh, come on, Jesus. They just saw your story. Come on. And one of the indigenous, as we were about to haul him and put him in a speedboat and haul him off to, or die on the way, because it was a very scary time. Everything we would have done for years would have also gone away because yeah. we would have been blamed for his death. Right? So it was like everything was hinging, including my friend's life. And a couple of the indigenous said, put down the blanket you're holding him in. Put him on. The, let's just pray for him one more time. So they laid down. They put their hands on Artemio. They started praying for him. And he scared us all to death. He, he jumped up and he started running <laughs> around the room. And so they did start going, ah, and their hands on the, everybody screaming. And he's running around. And this is what he yelled. He said, this Jesus is not just for the white man. Yeah. This Jesus is for my tribe too. And this is how he wants to be praised. And he ran around and grabbed his, the arms of all the indigenous guys who are very quiet and don't do this. And he made them all raise their hands and go like this and go, ah! And they were all like praising him in their, in their own tongue, in their own language. And then the boat captain, who wasn't a believer, came in and said, where's the dead guy? And my wife, who speaks Spanish, she said, right there. And he said, no, not the guy running around drinking water, the, the dead guy. And she went, that's the dead guy. That guy, the, the um, captain, dropped to his knees, burst into tears, and gave his life to Jesus at that moment. It was, a, it was a demonstration mm. of, of who Jesus showed up on the scene. We, we brought the story of Jesus, and then Jesus showed up to perform the story wow. in front of us. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> stepped right off the screen. Yeah, wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm also curious because I know right up here you have a you have a beautiful facility and building upstairs is all these technology equipment and I just love it. That's a world that I don't understand, but I appreciate and celebrate. And then we're going downstairs and there's this almost like a little studio soaking. That's my language for, but it's an arena. It's almost like you you have the slingshot upstairs, you have the harp downstairs. You, you have the lion upstairs, but the lamb downstairs. And, and it's just this, but what fascinates me about you guys and what you're doing that I think is going to help everyone. It's almost like everyone is a missionary. And I'm seeing people there that could have been in Silicon Valley or they could do something else, but they are here and they're using the skills that like yourself. So, so the market, the business guys are using their skills to bring glory to Jesus. And you are using yours as an engineer and they're all coming together. We're going down first, bringing glory to him, worshiping him, being overwhelmed by him, That's then going right. up and utilizing That's then the right. sling, the skills that God has given to be able to get this good news out. So what are you saying to ordinary people? I mean, there's nurses and doctors and scientists. There's all these amazing people out there and they think, well, I'm not a missionary. Or I'm hearing your stories and life stories and you guys got this mission virus. How can these people get the mission virus? And how can that mission virus be contagious? And how can we spread this goodness pandemic all over the world that no immune system can withstand? That's some of the questions that I... <laughs> those, are, those are really good questions. Yeah. And uh, I mean, so I'm an example that a businessman engineer can be good for something besides just making money and giving 10% to church. Uh, God wants us 
all on board right now in this season with the skills we have, with the way we're made. It's, it's time for everyone because why is it on our shift? All of us who are hearing this podcast and hearing us talk right now, uh, why is it that we were born right now? So we actually have to stop and ask that question, whether we're a nurse or an engineer or a businessman, what is my place to see Jesus be made famous in the whole world, in the darkest places to the most forgotten people? And how do I get to participate with that? Now, something fun is, seems like the world's showing up here in our own country here in the U.S. There's a place near where we are now called Clarkson, and it's the most diverse square mile in the whole country. As far as I've heard, as far as all the refugees seem to be there, and you almost can find someone that represents almost anywhere in the world there. So remember the story I told you going there and I got a Jesus film? Well, that's, there's an app. for. I'm just going to give you an example. And on our website, there's more examples. I'll just give you a little one. Something called the Jesus film app. You can mm-hmm. download it on any type of phone you got. So now we go to Clarkston and we find someone from Myanmar, whatever language they speak there. I don't know what language they speak in Myanmar. I should probably know that. And I'm talking with you and you have broken English. And I look in and I type in Myanmar in my little app. And I, there's a bunch of languages, and I go, what's your language? And you tell me, and I look it up, and I push play. And that same film, I showed the tribes, slide the phone in front of you, and you'll always go, that's my language. You have a movie in my language. And I go, yeah. Uh, you want it? This movie changed my life. So it's the story of love, and it changed my heart. You want it? And they always say yes. So then they give you their email or their text, and you send it from your phone to their phone, and now they're watching it, and now you have their contact information. You just became a full-fledged, anointed, international missionary, and you didn't even have to leave your area. And everybody can do that. Everybody can do that. There's no longer an excuse for us not to make it hard for people to go to hell and easy for people to go to heaven. That's right. There's no more excuses. We We can share the story of Jesus ourselves wherever we are. And now there's technology and tools to help deliver that to people. And a good example of that would be, I've got one of my older, uh, what do you think this is, like? It looks like a walkie-talkie, or, mm-hmm. or it looks like a little recorder where you can have, like, a little radio or something. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's on the back? Yeah. It's got a little solar panel back there. Yeah. So it's a solar-powered something. Well, this is actually, it's actually a Bible. <laughs> and half the world, actually, they say 70%, but... Over half the world learns by hearing, mm. not by reading. So if we're going to take the word of God in creative means to really remote places around the world, we have to have it in an audio format. So this is an audio Bible. Wow. And so this has gone all over the world. And uh, I've got a story with this one. Uh, one of the first ones of these uh, that I sent out, it happens to be in the Amazon, where I like to go sometime. And uh, there was a young man, his name was Segundo. That was his Spanish name. He spoke just a little bit of Spanish and he doesn't tell his tribal name because they keep those secret for some reason. I'm not sure. And so Segundo came and saw a Jesus film showing, got really intrigued with this love of God thing and and who Jesus was and how he gave his life for civilization. And he said, I want to hear more about that story. So we gave him one of these, a Bible, right? And then we sent him back and he paddled up river for days and finally went back to his little village. And in his village, there's no electricity. Um, They don't even have walls. They don't have doors. Just they're really, really remote people, right? They're not familiar with the outside world. And a year later, he comes back and we get to see him, right? So a whole year goes by and all he has is this and one story about Jesus. So for me, being an engineer, 
this was a really cool test, like an experiment. What happens if you send someone who doesn't really know anything about the gospel, never heard about Jesus until that moment you handed him his audio Bible, and he goes deep into the jungle into a village that's never heard about Jesus, and throughout the year, they listen together in a group. So he gets it, and, he, and he, uh, it's got a little fuel gauge on it, and he charges it in the sun, and then he turns it on, and they listen for... Yes, so Christo, and so uh, this one is in Swahili, I think. So they listened for 20 minutes like this, maybe about that long, to the word of God. And then they would discuss it among themselves. Well, why did Jesus say that? Is that what Old Testament and New Testament? or uh, just a new Some have a lot of them, especially with new people, we give them the stories of Jesus. Yeah. We just give them the whole gospel, all the good news, right? Yeah. And so it's a lot of discussion about why did Jesus do that? And what does that mean? And what does it mean in my life, right? So a year later, Segundo comes back, and my wife, Stephanie, who speaks a little bit of Spanish, she interviews him and said, so what happened, Segundo? And Segundo said, well, we listened to our little, we call it a radio. I said, listen to our little radio. And she said, well, what happened? He said, well, we, a group of us all came together. She said, well, was that good? He said, well, I was a little sad. She said, why were you sad? He said, because everyone didn't come. Only uh, like three quarters of our, our village came. Uh, and listen for, you know, throughout the year, which is, I think is really good. Three quarters of your village shows up and listens. And she said, well, what did you like about it? And he looked at her like she was crazy. And he said, Jesus. And she went, okay. So you like Jesus. So what happened when you listened? He said, well, I learned something I'd never heard of before. I learned about this thing called love. I didn't even have a word for it. Wow. And he, she said, well, what did that do? He said, well, I quit fighting with my neighbor. We used to fight all the time. We we're always just fighting and stuff. And he said, I, I don't forgive. I mean, I forgave my neighbor. I learned about this thing called forgiveness and I forgave him and we don't fight anymore. And she said, well, you know, what else happened? He said, well, I stopped drinking. And she's like, well, is that a problem? He's like, yeah, well, my father was a shaman and my grandfather was a shaman and I was in line to become a shaman too. But part of that is you get really, really drunk. And when you're drunk, you see demons. And then whatever they tell you, that's how you, that's the power you use. And when I was listening to this radio about Jesus, I realized that I couldn't do that anymore. So I never get drunk anymore. And now I follow Jesus. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That's incredible. Just the power of the word of God, the spirit of God shows up with it, right? So this is, this audio Bible is starting a revolution all over the world. And there's many types of audio Bibles out there, but the best thing was, like we mentioned in our last show, is uh, is this. Yeah. You got one of these? Everybody's got one of these. Yeah. You can go to the most remote place in the world and you'll find a, a guy who's only got a loincloth on and he'll have two cell phones hanging from his loincloth because one's good for where he feeds his sheep and the other's good from where he trades them when he gets to town. And so now we can turn, we can take that audio Bible and we can put it on their little devices mm. and they can listen to the word of God over and over and discuss it together for the first time. Here's the best part. And this is when you're talking about that viral gospel. Yeah. This has never been possible before until wow. this generation. You take a little micro SD card or that file and you put it on the phone. And then I'm listening to the story of Jesus in my language. And you're another tribal guy and you're like, I want that. And something called Bluetooth. I wirelessly transfer the file from my phone to your phone. And I'm very comfortable doing it because I do it all day long because I pirate music and I like my music. So now I'm sending you the Bible and now you have it. So now you're listening to the stories of Jesus and the worship music and the prayers. And then you share it with a friend and then you share it with a friend. 
It sounds familiar. It's, mm. it's the viral spread of the word of God, and it doesn't matter if you can read or not. This is for the first time in the history of the Great Commission that the word of God is no longer limited. Yeah, because we talked about that, that there's three primary questions that you and I have been talking about it quite a bit. Uh, and, and number one, what time is it? Meaning, what is the Kairos moment that we're living in? Right. And I, I mentioned that I believe it's the second most important time in world's history. The first one was when Jesus showed up 2,000 years ago, lived an incredible, beautiful life, was have actually died for our sin, then was buried, was risen from the dead, took our sins so we could receive. We could receive forgiveness, took our shame so we could be glorified, and all these beautiful things that happened on the divine exchange on the cross. And there was only a few people that actually received that message even when Jesus was around. A lot of them didn't know. And similar today, I believe that now we are the second most important generation. Uh, A lot of people have been waiting uh, for Jesus to come again. The most, I mean, one out of Three, one out of four people had never heard of the first coming of Jesus while we wait for the second coming. And then the second has to do with what is God doing in our generation? Not what the devil is doing, not what the politicians are doing, not what God is not doing. But I believe it's important for us to know this is what God is doing, some of the things that you're sharing. And the third one has to do with helping each one of us. Where do I fit in? to the Great Commission. Where do I fit fit into what God is doing? So instead of asking God to bless what we are doing, we get to do what God is blessing. So I I know you're just mentioning some of the things that, here is some other thing. Give me some more indicator. Why are we now living during the second Mm. most important time in church history? I love that question. Uh, Maybe when I was younger, and probably in the days you were pastoring, there wasn't a lot of unity in the church, especially among denominations. They didn't interact, and if they did, it wasn't always very kind. And there was a lot of finger pointing. Uh, that's changing, and in my experience, has totally changed among the people I'm with. I'm seeing, and I call them tribes, mm-hmm. the different denominations and groups, that the movements. Uh, the tribes are all coming together because they all agree that the Word of God must go to the people who don't know, and especially this next generation. They're a justice generation, and the greatest injustice in the world today Mm. is that there are all these people, like you mentioned, one out of four, maybe even two out of four in many places, in many regions of the world, who've never even heard the name of Jesus. They've never had an opportunity. So what's happening today that's really special is all of the tribes are coming together. And we're learning to love each other. Even in our extreme doctrinal differences, we kind of don't care because once we got together, we realized we love each other. So love is overcoming those boundaries. And so there's groups. uh, One of them is called Finishing the Task. Mm -hmm. I've been following that one for a year and going to their conferences. And it's all the different streams come together with a very specific goal. How do we make sure that every language group in the whole world has a chance to hear about Jesus? And what do we have as our little tribes or our ministries or like us, content delivery folks coming up with technology? How can we all come together and see this task accomplished? Mm -hmm. I had an experience about maybe eight, nine years ago. I was speaking at Bethel Reading in an event and hanging around our friends there. But on my plane ride, I was heading to the Philippines. I felt the Holy Spirit says, Leif, you no longer have any excuse to do everything that I've called you to do. 
uh, I've provided everything. And it was almost like he gave me a picture of this big, big table. And I knew what it meant that there is, you have a special sauce. Other people have a special sauce. But at the family table, when you don't know what to do, you need to know where to go because I provided somewhere. But you just need to honor because honor is access. When I start to honor what somebody carries, some have Bible translations, somebody have resources, but we're all coming together at the family table. And that's what I also see is happening. We start to share with one another. Before that's it was right. like, I have that's mine right. and you have yours, but now we're coming together and we need one another. That's right. It is no longer independent, but interdependent. We no longer tolerate one another, but we celebrate one another. Mm-hmm. And we have this unity in the spirit of, of saying that we do mm-hmm. want everyone to know how good Papa God is and how loved that's they are. Right. We want everyone to experience a God just like Jesus. That's right. And there's a spirit of extreme generosity that's happening among the tribes right now. And uh, we've collected some of that on a page of our website. If you go to the renewoutreach.org website and push get involved, there'll be your websites on there, but there'll be other websites too. So if if people want to learn more about what is God doing, what are these, who's coming together in this unified way where we're learning to love each other, pray together, share together to see Jesus made famous all over the world. Um, we'll have that available out there so people can then go and research and find out what is God doing. And then from that, shows them how to get better involved in it. I think that everyone that watches, they're aware of my personal involvement that has twofold. I was in a bulldozer that was going into the darkest places Mm -hmm. in the world Mm -hmm. where the gospel had never been before, and then to raise up a whole movement of people that was going to go in there. That's what Dr. Randy Clark prophesied on Mm -hmm. June 6, 1995. But then uh, what I'm sensing now in this season is that a lot of the people that are connected to me and people in our street, uh, and there are many of them that have not had an awareness. I think to some degree, we've been focusing on the alignment. We're focusing on the identity of who we need to be. But now I'm sensing the father is inviting all of us to be involved. And this is part of my, part of the reason we're doing this interview, because I'm sensing all the churches, all businesses, everyone are connected to our tribe around. That's going to be my heart now is helping each one of them to see how they're fitting into God's picture. So what are some of the wisdom that you can give us to help us for there's churches there's pastors watching here business guys whoever they are how can we as as a tribe or different streams and everything else do not allow the river to become the end in itself but making sure that its river flows Mm -hmm. Uh, the the further away from the temple it goes the higher the river is going to be that's yeah you know when you get filled with the spirit of god the proof of that is that you love yeah and and the and the proof of that love is not putting up with the injustice that there's just so many people around us, but especially around the world who've never heard about Jesus. Because that that outflowing causes us to do that, there's almost no believer out there who doesn't know someone who has a missions director, a missions bent, that's going somewhere in the world or in their church. They might have five or ten missionaries that they support or have a missions program within their church. So one of the things that they can do, now they can keep doing all of their outreaches, but there's something new that they don't know about. And it's what we've been talking about, which is that the word of God in a creative digital format, whether it's a visual movie set, 
what's that movie that's got really famous right now? Everyone's watching Chosen. The Chosen, for yeah. example. It, it doesn't it just draws you in that whole visual, especially for the next generation. Yeah. There's various gospel video sets that are even true to scripture. I mean, they're just like word for word scripture that are out there right now that are available, as, along with just the audio stories and all the audio scriptures that can be in a creative way, like either through an audio Bible or through micro SD cards on phones or other means. We've got another cool device. Guess what that is? That's going to be a little harder. It's something that do with getting Wi-Fi or something that you can download. That's what it is. But you cheated. I think I told because you what you, it was Yeah, because before. I've been here before. So I... the, what, it, what it looks like, see <laughs> so that little charging thing, it looks like a cell phone charger. Yeah. So basically people see this and they go, oh, it's a cell phone charger. That's, that's what it is. But it's actually more than a cell phone charger. It's just what you said. You turn this on and wherever you are, half the world doesn't have good internet. You turn on and boom, suddenly you've got a local Wi-Fi, wireless connection, internet connection that doesn't go to the internet. It only goes to this box. So you can load this down with all your training materials. Just looks like a, your seminary in a box. It's got the Bibles and the videos we've been talking about, all that media that this generation is just so good with. You pack it onto this device. You turn it on anywhere in the world. And people who walk into its vicinity, just like a Wi-Fi at Starbucks, you walk into Starbucks, suddenly it's available. You get on there and you go, wow, and you type in something, something, something.com and you go, well, the only thing playing on the internet today is a story about Jesus or one of Leif's teachings in another language or whatever. And they're like, well, I might as well watch it. And it's in their heart language, so they're going to watch it. And then they can push download, and suddenly it's on their devices. Well, there's tools and means and technology that's available today that missionaries don't even know about. They've been so busy doing their job that they don't know it's available. Yeah, I didn't know a lot of the things. We just we started to partner and kind of get to know each other more in the last couple of years. But practically speaking, we have some of the devices we used on our last trip. And if you remember, we spread them out to about 700 of our leaders. Wow, and we're hearing right. the stories that's been spreading out. Mm -hmm. uh, we had uh, this one person with cancer this week, a testimony, a phenomenal person that just had cancer, one that was in touch with a device. And yeah. people started to watch Jesus, have an encounter with Jesus, getting the good news. And he's been totally healed from oh, cancer. Man. And then as a result of that, uh, uh, this whole family has got said there's been six people in the family just got saved as a yeah, result so of it beautiful. so uh, so this is working it and is. Jesus is working and, is. and I think the exciting things now is that we don't have any I don't have a whole lot of excuses now mm -hmm. uh, because what I don't have somebody has it of the tools that is available That's both right. locally and globally I That's mean right. just in my neighborhood my closest neighbor is a Hindu on this side then I have a Buddhist living here then I have right I mean, I'm talking about right from my house Beautiful Brahmin Hindu mm. surgeon living here. Mm. Pakistani Muslim living here. Really? The next one is a Jewish family. Yeah. Then there's a Buddhist. Wow. Five Diverse. people around. Us. That's in my neighborhood in a nice area in Peachtree City, mm -hmm. Georgia. God is sending the world from these That's areas. That's what he's doing. He's yeah. sending them to us. He wants us to take it over there. But then he also blesses us with neighbors. And we have an opportunity to, mm -hmm. to be able to share that. That's right. What are you dreaming of these days? What will be one of your dreams and part of the legacy that you want to see? Well, I, I think my dream, my real dream is that we as the church can bring Jesus a present. And on that day we stand before Jesus, I want to bring him something. And I want to bring him a people group. 
I want to bring him the people who've never heard his name before. But help people here. When you talk about a people group, what do you mean with that? And help us. I do understand. I've been around this language for about 26, 27 years. But there's some people, you say people group. You mean America or you mean Norway or Pakistan? Oh, okay, so what, yeah, what do you mean there's, with a people there's group? There's actually... About 7,000 distinct language groups in the world. Okay. And it's that scripture, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to every people group. That's Matthew 24, 14. That's right. Yeah. And then the end shall come is how it goes, right? Those, those, those are who Jesus are sending us to. And the great injustice is that 2,000 of them have no scripture 2,000 of those language groups have no scripture, and most of them have nobody across the street that they can talk to. There's nowhere they can go to hear about Jesus. And that's the dilemma. What I want to see is I want to see the power-filled, spirit-filled lovers of Jesus, impassioned to see the story of Jesus go to those people. That's, that's my, my heart is that that mission would be accomplished in our lifetime. Uh, that's the legacy. That's that's our legacy. And then those people, because they've invested in the reaching of the lost, when they're standing before Jesus, the multitudes will be there with them of every tribe and every tongue and every color, like your shirt. They're all going to have all the bright colors of, 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 of all over the world. I think it's part of the reason I have this little Joseph it's, shirt. It's but. perfect. <laughs> it's perfect because it comes in every color and, and every creative artistic means possible because that's the tapestry that will be woven, that will be the clothing of the bride the day we stand in front of Jesus. It'll be every representation of every group and I want a piece of that so another question that comes in with that because I know that's a dream but if I were the devil what would I do so if the devil himself knowing this is going to take place what is he doing to try to either distract us so what is what are some of the weapons the enemy is using to kind of prolong this because he knows his days his number at the moment when when suddenly the bride is waking up and starting to to, to see this becoming God's dream and joining him in his dream, he knows that his time is up and soon uh, it is going to be over. And there they are in the book of Revelation. They are represented from every nation, tongue, tribe, and language. So we can go, it's going to happen. The question is about who is it? Who is it that will join him in doing it and That's let right. it happen? Or, or why do we not prolong this for hundreds of more years mm-hmm. when we've been given this opportunity? Mm-hmm. And for the 35,000 people, to 45,000 people who died today That's and they right. never once That's had right. a chance. Yeah, it's it's just not right. And it's really easy to live in this small, lovely love bubble that Jesus has made for us. We have the Father. We, He's just so fixed our broken hearts and taken such good care of us. It's easy to live in that space. But once people listen to what you've been saying, And once people catch what's happening, what is the time and the hour we live in, they are responsible. You're you're responsible for what you're hearing in this hour. You you can't just keep living in that same comfortable space. You have to break out of the comfort zone and ask the Lord, what is my part in this important hour? What's my part to play? Is it to go? Is it to empower someone else? Is it to send some information? Is it to pay for it? Like, What is my place? And to get on board with it. That's the, what the devil wants us to do is to keep doing what we've always been doing. Yeah. But what God is saying, it's time to do old things in new ways. Yeah. And we have to release the next generation to do it differently. It'll sound different. It'll look different. But it'll happen different too because mm-hmm. we are going to take this gospel to every corner of the planet.
And the devil can't stop us, but he's trying to, to put the blinders up so we're not aware of it. Yeah, and I think a major distraction is that we, we're all doing good things, but it's not necessarily God things. Uh, the other distraction I see with the enemy, we get so focusing on ourselves. I mean, you can spend your whole life on just trying to improve yourself right. instead of coming to a cross, <laughs> dying to yourself take up that cross and follow him. He's not so afraid that Jesus is your savior, but he's afraid when he becomes your Lord. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and you I, get dangerous. You become very dangerous yeah. because now you belong to him. And suddenly in that moment, you become, <laughs> you're becoming a dangerous Christian because you start to bring glory to the father. That's right. When you no longer operate as an orphan and becoming a son and daughter, the enemy is very nervous when you discover your identity That's of right. who you are in him. That's it. And at that moment, you start mm-hmm. to be on a treasure hunt and you do not mm-hmm. see people the way they are, but the way they're going to be. That's you don't right. treat people based upon their history, but their destiny. Mm-hmm. You don't see no longer how big Goliath is because you see how big God is. You're becoming an overcomer and, mm-hmm. and transform. People yes. starts to bring transformation to people so i just sensing this in my heart there's so many people that are out there watching sometimes we just we need to have an encounter to be an encounter sometimes we just need to allowing ourselves just to come to this cross and to surrender mm-hmm. because the place of total surrender is the place of exchange it's when we can receive everything that we need That's instead right. of we it's not about trying it's about trusting That's right. it's not about achieving it's learning to be good receivers because it has to come from him go through him so go back to him Amen. so he can get the glory that's right wow that's good i want you to release a prayer we have about a one minute left mm-hmm. over last time we commissioned him at this moment i just also sense it could you just pray a blessing over people but mm-hmm. i sense in a lot of people that maybe have had a lid on their life mm-hmm. lift that lid so they can coming up mm-hmm. and starts to dream with god in mm-hmm. this season oh yeah wow. so lord i pray for sure. a release of a of a spirit of innovation yeah just a new way of seeing things. In Jesus' name, I say, just lid be popped off. Just mm-hmm. our minds. And I pray that you would show them what the new looks like. And I pray that they wouldn't fall into the ruts of what has been success, but they would drive over into the new that they could do old things in new ways. And so I release the scrolls of heaven, mm-hmm. the wisdom of heaven, the guidance of heaven into their minds and their hearts for the days ahead, for their family, for their neighbors across the street, and especially for the world and those thousands of language groups that have never heard about Jesus. I just also release a fresh baptism of love Mm -hmm. and allowing his love to take away all fear, full of love, full of power and full of wisdom, just like Mm -hmm. Jesus. Thank you so much for listening and watching and be contagious. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow Leif on social media at Leif Hetland and sign up for our weekly newsletter at globalmissionawareness.com.